Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. First of all, thank you for letting us take the week off last week and for being so nice about it. I know a lot of you were upset because the Dateline that we skipped was bonkers. Don't worry. We will be doing it in the near future. Yeah. But we couldn't skip this one to make up for that. If Dateline's going to keep spitting fire each week, we have to keep up with the fire, as the young people say. You sounded like a trendy ute just then. Good for you. Thanks. I practiced. Because this episode was also bonkers. But don't worry, we'll be returning to the bonkers one that we missed, which was called Dead Man Talking. Dead Man Talking, which we've heard is unbelievable. Also, this episode, we'll be briefly discussing some triggering things. Yes, it will. Like SA and physical abuse, but in very generalized terms. I will be skipping over most of it, but we will briefly address those things. And unfortunately, it does involve children. Yes. Again, briefly, but if those are things you don't want to listen to, then might Maybe I'll skip. do a trigger warning when we get to that spot because the rest of the episode is so good. Check the description. I'll, we'll put it in the time code. There will be time codes for when we're discussing those things. Look how professional we are. There time we go. codes, show notes. Who even are we? Who is Sarah is the better question. <laughs> What's going on? So this is a recap heavy episode. Also, I will be doing a very elaborate flow chart. Yes. That, that we can, will be posting on social media. That we will be posting on social media and I will be doing it as we record right now. So. Because it's very, there's so many people in this episode. There's a lot of, but it's also everyone's important. Is yeah. there anyone not important in this no. episode? No. Normally, yeah, we have no I am the space. first one to say that person was not important. Everyone in this episode is important. I sound like Joni. You're all important. You're all loved. Oh, You're all special. What... Also, can we wish Joni a happy belated? Sure. Happy belated birthday, Joni! Yay! Yay! Joni! 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 For she's a jolly good fellow. For she's a jolly good If you're new here, Joni's my mom. Joni is the anti-Sarah. Joni's been married to my dad for 48 years and has never killed anyone, to our knowledge. But we're never sure. She is four, nine and a half, four, ten, spitfire. That's all. Is she too nice? She's way too nice. There's something going on. Also, did Joni watch this episode? Joni, I need to get Joni's thoughts. We might need to do a whole nother episode just with Joni and Bob's thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So this is season 31, episode 29, April 28th, 2023, hosted by Keith. We love Keith. Keith is the right man for this story, I feel like. Perfect. It starts with filmed footage that... I did not understand who was filming. We're in a hospital and there's a poor man who is unconscious on a gurney and they're using an, a bag. They're doing CPR on him. Right. And his wife, Sarah Jean, is crying. But who was filming that? It's not cell phone quality. It's very good quality. Did you think it was a, re- a reenactment? For a second, I thought... Or I thought Dateline had already been following the story, and that's why they were in the hospital, but filming this family tragedy that's going on. I was so confused. Me too. Who was filming? How did they get that footage? And why were they filming? Is that something you would think to film? If no. You're, if someone no. was being... I don't understand. Anyways, yeah. if anyone wants to reach out from the family and let us know who was filming, I'm very curious. So... 
The man that's unconscious is named Joe Hartsfield. He was admitted to the hospital unconscious with very, very low blood sugar levels. They put him on a glucose drip and thought he'd be fine. But he was one of those medical mysteries, and he's not. And Sarah, the wife, who sometimes is called Sarah Jean, but I don't have time for that. This recap will be too long. Shortening it to Sarah. Is Sarah Jean is her middle name, right? I don't know, but Keith keeps calling her Sarah Jean, but then he gives up halfway through and just calls her Sarah. No, and then he circles back at the end. I don't like that. It's sort of a period of time. It made me feel like Sarah Jean is a little bit of an alter ego. Yeah. I'd be curious to watch again and note when Sarah Jean when is Sarah used. G- yeah, when is it when good Thaisa and bad Thaisa? So I'm going to go ahead and write at the top of this Sarah and then in parentheses, Sarah Jean. Great. Great. So she is updating everyone on Facebook with these posts. And I'm going to get into these posts later because you know I stopped and paused. Yeah, so did I. So I she's wish I saying hadn't. he's in a diabetic coma. Then she says it wasn't a diabetic coma. It was a stroke. And eventually, very sadly, eight days into the ICU, she decides to have him taken off life support. Eight she, days? Eight days. She donates his organs. She has his cream, him cremated. But the hospital staff was still stumped. They don't know why any of this happened. And, a and nurse, why it was eight days. Eight days. Yes, why do you keep saying eight days? Because that's not very long. No, it's not. Again, it is the person's choice, though, I get, I have to say. And I guess we hear nothing about his sort of DNR, what, right. how he feels about any of this. It just feels like that is a decision, even though it's technically her decision because she's the wife. She is a new wife, we find out later. And I feel like that is a decision. If he did not make it known, you got to all make it together. And I have a weird feeling that the family's decision would not be eight days. Right. It might be 18 days. Well, my mom says it has to be three people, not just my dad. It has to be my dad and at least one, hopefully two other people, because she doesn't trust my dad. She knows my dad will just be like, it's been long enough. So the hospital staff still stumped. A nurse who watches a lot of Dateline, you know it, sneaks away and calls the police. I love that. They feel like she went into one of the linen rooms where they have all the... Medication room. Could you know be where, the linen where they keep the... The gowns. The gowns and the scrubs. So she walked into one of these closets. Calls the police and says, something's up. Yeah. And we meet the sheriff briefly, who is on Dateline with his cowboy hat. Mark it down. Love yeah. it. He sends over new detective Skylar Rocks. And Skylar does rock, except that she doesn't want to appear on Dateline. Darn but it. we're seeing B-roll footage of her getting in her car, but she doesn't want to appear on Dateline. But it's not like they're filming her like Peter Van Sant from 48 Hours. And he's like, I'm Peter Van Sant for 48 yeah. Hours. Why'd you kill your wife when they jump outside your house and film you? I feel like they got her permission to film her getting in her car. And I think the language that Keith uses right now is she didn't want to speak on camera. Okay. Oh, so okay. Maybe. I they think say she, she's very conscientious and good at, by the book. I think she can't. Knowing what is good, but happens at the end, very I think smart. she cannot. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So the story reaches the DA, Cheryl Leak, who apparently we have met before in an episode, Something the Storm. And I can't remember. I'll have to look at my notes. She does seem very familiar. She's, I think, a bad lass like her. She's a tough cookie. 
if I'm sure we liked her then because I liked her now. Yeah. Click clack in through that courthouse hallway. Yeah. There oh, we'll goes. talk about her B-roll. Yeah. She has very interesting B-roll. So the hospital staff tells her Joe might have been poisoned and they were suspicious of Sarah, even though she was acting like a grieving widow and the DA finds out she has no criminal history. Also, there was no big life insurance policy or obvious motive, but detect DA leak has a BS detector and it is dinging flip going off the charts. Flip. flip. What she does has a BS a, detector do? A BA and BS detecting. Be- what's it? What does a BS detector do? Ding. Beep. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Like a metal detector. Exactly Boop. like that. Boop. like that like a stud finder yeah so how do you know what a stud finder is because i just had to use one and i don't think i used it correctly and i didn't want to admit that i don't think i used it correctly but nothing's fallen off the wall yet i'm super impressed look at you so she finds out a lot about sarah she's 48 years old she has been married five times which keith is scandalized by because he is a one woman lady and he cannot comprehend that she has been married five times at 48 years old which is a lot granted yes who did the widower keith it was either keith i think it was keith it might be that he's just having back flashbacks flashbacks tom root randolph yeah yeah so she's also lived in 39 places and That's the thing, wild. I find the 39 places a bigger red flag than the five marriages. I mean, both are red flags, but the living in 39 places. That seems like you're running, but then we do find out there's military involved. But n- these moves were not for the military. At least but a lot of them were. 39 places and she's 48 years old? Yeah. I mean, I understand Sarah is a rolling stone, but... That's not a rolling stone. That's like a speeding stone. Yeah. That stone never lands, never gathers moss, whatever the expression is. Mm -hmm. So the DA is on to her, but how can she prove it? Keith says, good question. But as for us, meaning Dateline, we decided to conduct our own investigation into Sarah Jean. Very interesting. So he calls her Sarah Jean there. So Dateline goes on an investigation. It takes them on a zigzag course across the country. And I'm Keith right now. This is what Keith is saying. From rural Missouri to Texas to Virginia, Florida, and up to northern Minnesota. Florida is the only one that gets that intonation. Florida. It's amazing. I need it as my ringtone. Yeah, there we go. Florida. So we're going back into Sarah's history. And then Keith does the Tolstoy line that we have heard several times on Dateline. I think usually it's Mank that does it, that all unhappy families are unhappy in their own ways, that expression. Mm -hmm. And in Sarah Jean's family, many, many ways that they are unhappy in different ways. In Missouri, where her family is from, there was a multi-generational dynasty of dysfunction. Do we need this on the chart? Yeah, for sure. But maybe just put M-D-O-D-W-A-L-O-V-A-S-D, which stands for Multi-Generational Dynasty of Dysfunction with a Legacy of Violence and Suspicious Deaths. 
Hold on. MGDD, <laughs> multi-generational dynasty of destruction. And what's the other one? Dysfunction with a legacy of violence and suspicious deaths. Got it. So we meet Cody, who is one of Sarah's brothers. Mark that down. Mm-hmm. And he says their dad, mark down the dad, was violent and in and out of jail. And this is where we're going to insert a trigger warning for the next few minutes. He says that the dad had molested Sarah. And the mom divorced the dad and married Richard, a guy fresh out of jail for murder. The mom sure can pick him. And Sarah says Richard, the stepdad, also abused her. But this time, Cody, her brother, says, I don't think so. He believed her the first time, but doesn't believe her the second time. They eventually went to trial over this, and Richard was acquitted. And after this, Sarah said, I'm done with this family. I want to go into foster care. I don't know if she officially divorced her parents or whatever that's called. What they make it sound like is the mom was fine. Fine. You're causing a lot of trouble. I'm going to drop you off. Yeah. At the CPS. We got a lot of issues here. I think Mm -hmm. the mom's got issues. I think Sarah's got issues. Cody seems very nice, the brother. So, foster mom Barbara, true angel, she says she was dumped by the mom. I was happy to have her. And Sarah becomes friends with a girl named Teresa Ferris. Teresa. And I'm not writing down Teresa. Teresa might be our most extraneous interview, but I was so fascinated by her name that I was into it. Now, she says that Sarah hit the gold mine with foster parents. Barbara was great. Her husband was great. Teresa said Sarah would spin a lot of yarns, and she never kind of knew what was true or not. She had heard the stories about what happened with her dad and her stepdad, but the stories kept changing. And she also felt like Sarah was very manipulative and could manipulate people. Mm. And Barbara said that one time Sarah was mad about a punishment and said she accused Barbara's husband of the same things that she had accused her dad and stepfather of. Hmm. And Barbara didn't believe it and said, you keep doing this. But she kept supporting her because Barbara, true angel. Sarah thrived in high school. She was very popular. She has a friend, Bill, also kind of extraneous. I don't know if you have to put him on the chart, but... He's not on the chart. Okay, sorry. Katie is like cold, cutthroat, if you're making it on the chart or not. I know how big this chart's going to (laughs) get. So I am sorry, Teresa and Bill. Bill. But we have husbands. Yeah. Children. Yeah. So let's keep a note of how many people we're cutting out to. Okay. Is the DA making it on? No, DA's not here. Oh, my God. She might be at the end. And that detective that didn't want to be on Dateline. She's definitely not on. No. Okay. No. So Bill was a friend with her in high school, said Sarah would flirt with all the guys. She was totally boy crazy. She would sneak out of the house to go make out with boys. And then she meets this jock guy at high school. Get ready. Titus Knernchild. 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 First name Titus. So she pretended to be this good, shy girl. He says she put her bad girl image on the shelf and then acted like this very shy, sweet girl. Maybe a little S-shaming about Sarah's behavior in high school. You think so? I don't know. 
So she met him, got him to fall for her. He, she, he thought she was this really, really sweet girl. They got married at 18. Titus joins the army. And when he comes back from training, his very sweet wife, very shy, is knocked up by someone else. He has multiple dudes coming up to him and saying, hey, glad you made it back from army safe. I've been banging your wife. Multiple men, including the father of the baby. Okay. So she sadly has a miscarriage and they get divorced. Titus thinks, good riddance. I don't have to worry about her anymore. Game over. Keith says, that's only true if your opponent leaves the field. That's a good line. Is that because Titus played football? Because he said game over. Yeah. But also because he played also football. Also because he played football. Okay. Yeah. So Titus starts dating a new girl, Angela, who does deserve to be on the chart. Angela's made it. Angela and Titus, Titus both need to be on it. Now, Sarah- Okay, sorry. That's the only Titus reference I'm going to make from Kimmy okay. Schmidt. So Sarah starts stalking Angela and Titus and Angela appear on Dateline. And I want to say about everyone that appears on Dateline, this is one of those episodes that I don't care what your hair looks like. I don't care if you're wearing a shirt that says balls to the wall. I'm just happy you made it. Me too. I'm just happy you're alive. Agreed. Glad you're here. Take a seat. Talk to Keith. Good for you. Good to see you. Yeah. So, I mean, I still don't want you to wear a shirt that says balls to the wall, but I will excuse it at this point. So, Angela dating Titus, all this bad stuff starts happening. Her tires are slashed. Laundry detergent gets put in her gas tank of her car. It was keyed or vandalized with a bunch of expletives about her. And they tell police, it's Sarah. The reason we know it's Sarah is because some of our friends actually saw her vandalizing the car. Sarah tells Dateline in a text, which will be the first of 80 times we hear that. Because Sarah and Dateline producer become text BFFs. Had a lot of questions about the text. So many texts. and When they said that, were you surprised? Very. I was like, okay, she doesn't want to appear on Dateline, but she's texting. It, usually they give like a written statement, not in this case. So commu- how is she? Te- okay, we'll get to that. Yeah. So she says, I never did anything to Titus and Angela. In fact, they harassed me and the police never talked to me about this. Titus and Angela say the police did go to talk to her. She acted like the victim and they believed her. They told Titus and Angela to leave Sarah alone or they'd be arrested for harassment. Wow. Is she sleeping with the police? How is this happening? Wasn't there a lady who would bring brownies to the police? And I probably thought brownies were a metaphor. How is this happening? I, Keith is very clear at the beginning. He uses the words charm and charisma about four times. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that. Magical Clovis. Not just that. Like that kind of level of charm that. Witchy woman like Kelly. Yeah. Of our Kelly and Ira original episode. Except really smart. So yeah. can really read people. So almost like a psychic. Yeah. And can just sort of say the exact right thing in the moment. Yeah. Or she sh- should have been a politician or something. Or an actor. Mm-hmm. Done whatever emotion needed to happen at that moment. She could call it up. Yeah. <sighs> That's scary. Angela and Titus are one night babysitting a friend's son at their home. 
This is bad. And Angela smells gas. They go outside and there's a gas can and gas is poured all over the house and everywhere. And they see Sarah driving away. They figured she was going to set the house on fire, killing them and that child that they were babysitting. So I am writing almost fire. Almost fire. Fire foiled. Yeah. Also, remember Brenda from a few weeks ago? She was so crazy. But Sarah saw that episode and was like, hold my crazy. I can do better. So oh, they, yeah, Brenda. they go to the police and police say, well, it's either arson or it's not. There's no attempted arson. And if it, there wasn't actually a fire set, then we can't do anything. That's ridiculous. Can't they charge her for trespassing, pouring gasoline everywhere? I'm also pretty sure there is such a thing as attempted arson. I don't know about this whole thing. Also, I think she has clovismatized the whole town. All the police, I think. I don't know what's happening. So yeah. Sarah wasn't charged with anything, and she texted Dateline that she didn't do anything. Eventually, Sarah moves on and marries one of Titus's friends. I have so many questions. If he is your good friend, you have been venting to him how Sarah has been stalking you and almost lit your house on fire. Why would this guy hook up with Sarah? Don't think he's a good friend. Think he's a friend. Wouldn't t- Titus warn him at least when they got he, together? People don't listen. People don't listen. People don't listen. People think they know better and that she'll change for me or, you know, oh no, also She won't sorry, set my house stop. on fire with me inside. She's told him a completely different story and he believes her version of the story. Yeah. That's what's happened here. So I'm sorry. Husband's number two. His name is. This is just a boyfriend and we don't get his name. But he made it out. He's alive. So good for him. He doesn't want to be on Dateline. You could put him, just him. Husband number two. Boyfriend number two. Friend of Titus. Oh, no, you're right. He wasn't married. You're right. He's married. So husband number two. Yeah. Friend of Titus. F-O-T. Name withheld. Yeah. (laughs) So he finds out that Sarah is cheating on him as well. And he dumps her. Good for him. He should have listened to Titus. So she's divorced twice by 22. Yeah. So now she joins the army. And Barbara, the foster mom, says, I thought it was great for her because she'll learn some rules in army. She's not learning anything, Barbara. I like that Barbara's thinking positive. Yeah. So she's stationed in Alaska where she meets Chris Donahue, who was younger than her, very innocent. He likes her. She gets pregnant. They get married. They have four children and were actually stable for a while. This was probably her most stable relationship. This Chris is husband has, number three? Number three. Four kids. Chris Donahue. Yeah. Far, Mike, four, do little lines with the four kids. Chris doesn't want to be on Dateline, which means he's still alive. So bonus points for him. We're just happy. Anyone who is alive. She helped take care of her sick father at this point. And Keith says, yes, the one who she made all those accusations against. But family dynamics are in abuse are very, there's a lot of complicated dynamics there, Keith. So she brings in her sick father, who she hated, to take care of him. Ashley, who is one of Sarah's four children. She is the oldest. The oldest. Of the four. She's great. She's on Dateline. Mm -hmm. Mark her down. She said 
Sarah's dad was at their house for only two to three days when he died suddenly, right in front of Ashley. She says Sarah gave him some liquid medicine. He grabbed his chest and coughed and couldn't breathe and died. So you got to put the dad on the chart. The dad is no longer with us. Yeah, sick father, now deceased father. I'm going a shot in the dark and saying what Dateline doesn't say. I think she allegedly... Allegedly, she may have been involved in his demise. Very quick downturn arriving to their house, which I think it's a stretch to say she cared for her ailing father. Right. She, Three days. That's not. <laughs> no, no. So okay. Sarah texts Dateline that he died of natural causes. And at this point, I start picturing the Dateline producer just constantly like at the movies, at dinner with their mom, and they keep getting buzz. Buzz and like, God, it's Sarah again. I can't with this woman. Why did I take this job? Why did I give her my personal number? What's happening? I hope they got a burner phone just to talk to Sarah because I don't want Sarah knowing anyone at Dateline's actual number. Did the Dateline producer send any tweets about this? Unfortunately, no. Maybe they're forthcoming. We know we're going to get a second episode on this. So it is, this is just like the intense backstory. Yeah. So Sarah presented to the outside world as a soldier, soccer mom. When people came over, she would cook and decorate. Her friend Evangeline, who I do think should be on the chart, Mm -hmm. is a nurse that has been friends with her for a long time. She said Sarah doted on the kids. She rose in the army to intelligence. She had top secret clearance and served in Iraq. Outside the house, the neighbors thought this was this great loving family. Inside, it was all secretive, and Sarah was a ticking time bomb. Trigger warning number two for the next couple of minutes. Sarah would go into a rage, and when she was in her uniform, she was a different person. She was violent with the kids. We're meeting son Ryan, and we've met daughter Ashley, who are amazing. Mm-hmm. And this whole story just broke my heart. So much physical abuse. Yeah. And CPS gets called in, but Ashley lies because she's scared of her mom. They clear her. These kids are just failed by multiple people and the system. It's really sad. Of course, Sarah says none of this ever happened. Of course. And Chris, I don't feel like, did very much to protect the children either, sadly. And the, and Ashley says that he doesn't. Yeah. That he tries, but every time he sort of goes up against her, it doesn't work to go up against her. She's right. the driving force in the house. Yeah. They buy a big house by Fort Hood and we're house poor and having some money problems. Where are we now? We're in Texas now. So we've moved yes. out of Alaska and we're in Texas. Okay. Yes. And sorry, she was stationed in Alaska right. when she had met Chris and had these four kids. Yes. Okay. So Sarah's grandmother dies. And Sarah is hoping for a big inheritance. Now we meet Sarah's brother, Cody. Well, we've already met him. We've met Cody. um, Cody comes back. Cody comes back. And Keith says over footage of Cody, you can't watch Sarah's brother, Cody, limping around his single wide trailer alone and not be reminded of Job. This is so sad. If you're on Dateline and Keith refers to you as Job, that's horrible i don't want that to ever happen to me it's not great and i'm not going to write job here that's very sad okay i'm going to write captain cody so in 2014 the grandma dies sarah comes to the funeral and cody has to tell sarah she's not in the will because 
Cody and his wife had been caring for the grandmother and her farm and her big house for years, so she rightfully left it all to Cody. Sarah loses it. She's screaming that she owes $200,000 on her new house. She's going to fight Cody for it. She leaves in a huff, but then she comes back with U-Hauls and starts just shoving things in and hauling things away. Like she brought people with her to help her take Cody's stuff. And Cody just wants to be done with his sister. So he just lets her take it because he's like, it's not worth it. And Sarah's son, Ryan, was there. So was daughter Ashley. They both agreed with Cody that this is exactly what happened. She just started taking the stuff. Anything she could get her hands on, she felt entitled to. And it didn't even matter what it was. No, it was it like stupid matter. stuff, like rolls of paper towels, probably. Just right. you're taking anything because you just want to win. Yes, she just wants to win. These are the type of family stories that you'll want to pass along for generations. And the best way to do that is with StoryWorth, who is back sponsoring this podcast. I thought I knew my mom better than anyone. After all, she's on her third year of StoryWorth. She's written many a story. But then at our Passover Seder this year, I learned even more Joni stories. <gasps> because when we gather, we tell Joni stories. And... I got to tell everyone something that happened a year or two ago that I've probably mentioned on the podcast, but my brother didn't even know this story. It was when my mom lost her keys because she was walking Ralphie and then drops the keys, couldn't find them, goes outside, flags down a fire truck, and the fire truck gives her a ride back to my dad who was waiting for her to pick him up at a doctor's appointment. So she and Ralphie got to ride in a fire truck, never found those <laughs> keys. I don't know how my brother missed that story, but there's so many Joni stories. And there was a detail in the story that my dad and I were arguing over. So what do we do? We go to StoryWorth, where my mom wrote the story right after it happened, and we get the truth. So let me explain to you what StoryWorth is in case you're new here. It's an online service that helps your mom, your grandma, godmother, mom figure in your life share stories with you, even if you can't be together in person. Every week, StoryWorth emails them a different story prompt that you get to choose from a ton of options. Questions like, if you were doing it all over again, what would you do differently? Joni might say, put my keys in my bra next time. My mom is obsessed with StoryWorth. <laughs> it's her favorite part of the week, answering these questions. And I know I'm going to cherish her responses for years to come because they're her stories in her own words. And the best part is, after a year, StoryWorth compiles all of your stories including photos into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free that you can pass down for generations. Never forget a story. Give all the moms in your life a meaningful gift that you'll both cherish for years to come with StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash date dateline. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash date dateline to save ten dollars on your first purchase again that's storyworth.com slash date dateline i can't stress what a good gift this is for mother's day for father's day for anyone important in your life that is of a certain age shall we say as keith would say and <laughs> has stories to tell and you don't want to forget them and every joni story is worth its weight in gold oh and i'm that. sure you all have a joni in your family mm -hmm. so Get it, get it. Yay. Huge fans of StoryWorth here. Yes. So the night that the U-Hauls come and it all goes down after Grandma's funeral and Sarah ransacked their house, 
leaves. It's finally quiet at the house. Cody is there with his wife and their nephew that they were babysitting. And I'm assuming this is grandma's house that is soon to be Cody's home. This is now Cody's home via the will. Okay. And once again, we have a nice couple that is babysitting. Right. Their nephew. This is sounding familiar. Mm -hmm. At 2 a.m., Cody smells smoke. Again, this is just deja vu. He sees a broken window and curtains on fire. And quickly, the whole house is engulfed in flames and smoke. Cody passes out from the smoke. It's so bad. He comes to, he's crawling towards the door. He can hear his little nephew, Xander, behind him, but can't reach him. He runs out to his brother's house next door, gets the brother. The brother goes into the house to try to find Xander. And it's this. I was terrified. I'm sure Xander's not going to make it. I was so scared. So scared. Somehow, by mere seconds, he gets Xander out of the house rushes him to the hospital for smoke inhalation, but he makes it. And they never explain that the wife makes it, but the wife also makes it too. Thank God. Thank God. But the house is completely in rubbles. It's gone. Rubbles? Rubble. Rubble. The next morning, Cody calls Sarah, essentially to say, I survived. Tough luck. I'm still here. The wife's still here. Xander's still here. You lose. Because he knows it was her. This is his sister. Because she was in that house all that afternoon with the U-Hauls. Saying, I'm going to get you back for this. Wow. So Sarah immediately... Let me be clear. You don't just get stuff because you're in a family. No. That's not how that works. That also isn't how that works with lottery winnings. You don't just get some because you're in the family. Mm-hmm. It's bananas to me. Yeah. She didn't do anything for the grandma. Why would the grandma leave her money? But grandma probably knew what kind of person Sarah was. So he says, I'm still here. My wife's still here. Xander's still here. Sarah's response is, what was Xander doing there? Uh To me, that's almost an admission. Exactly. Like she basically admitted it, but she didn't know Xander was in the house. Also, she doesn't care about Xander. She almost burned that baby that her ex was babysitting. She doesn't care if other people are in the house. She doesn't pay close attention, does she? No, she is she's not a detail-oriented criminal. She's not. She's she is not. a vague, just throwing things at the wall, seeing whatever sticks or catches on fire. She's yep. like, it could be the wrong house. She's like, oh, sorry, I thought it was the other house I was trying to burn. I had their address wrong. Whoops. Whoopsies. So police and fire investigators look into it. She, of course, denies it. They say the cause was undetermined. However, Cody's friend says where the fire started behind the house, there was a bunch of poison ivy. And when the fire marshal went to see Sarah, he notices she has a poison ivy rash all over her face. Wow. So the fire marshal thinks she did it, but can't prove it. And then Cody hears the same thing from their brother who saw Sarah and also saw the poison ivy all over her face. So Sarah's son, Ryan, says most of the family thought that she did it, and it doesn't matter. She was never charged. That girl is poison. Ivy. Ivy. Keith says when Sarah defurnished her brother's house with all that stuff that she took. Is that a term? Or is that a I've never heard that before, but I loved it. Yeah, okay. It it means you steal everything that doesn't belong to you, but in a U-Haul. Defurnished. 
Then furnished. Then for then exactly. Okay. Yeah. She also got her new boyfriend that night. Enter okay. Brian Altus. So she's and still married to husband number three. Still, still with Chris. Okay. She, but we have Brian affair. Is an old childhood friend of Sarah's. And the night the house was burned, her loins were also burning. Stop it. And she crawls in his bed just to sleep. They had just recently reconnected at the grandma's funeral. And she says, just to sleep. But they end up doing more than sleeping, the loins and whatnot. And they start a two-year affair. She tells him she's divorcing Chris, which is what people say when they're not divorcing and just cheating. Mm-hmm. Brian fell for her hard. She was irresistible. She, this was the key point to me when Keith is like, what does it for you? She, he says, she makes you feel really important. That's okay. It. That's huge. People need that as men need that, especially. I think all people need that, but they need to feel needed and they need to feel special and important. And like you're listening to them when they talk and they matter. Yeah. There's a term for this it's reversed and it's not nice, but it is something that sometimes men fall for women when the woman has this one quality that like they feel like they need to protect her yes or save her yeah or yeah my big strong hero mhm and they come in and they think that they're going to you know Rescue be that them. person i think that sarah sort of has this opposite thing where she preys on men with other with a quality that they desperately need to feel validated and sarah yeah. knows exactly how to do that yeah. especially early and so doing that early and often it's like a weird form of love bombing almost uh-huh. but it's confidence bombing uh-huh confidence then, bombing yeah mm-hmm. and so then all they do is stuff starts to get bad is like well she's not really like this she's like how she was in the beginning no right. how no, she was not. in the beginning is that fake. wasn't real what she's doing right now is real. Yeah. And they, they can't see that. Yeah. And Brian is like a perfect example of yep. how that seemed. And Keith asks her, well, what was it? Was she attractive? Was she good in bed? Was she enticing? Everyone on Twitter lost it when Keith said, was she good in bed? Oh, my goodness. But it's what everyone at home was thinking. True. Magical Clovis. Yeah. And he says yes to all of it. Also, do want to point out, it still bothers me. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. On my subtitles, it says reporter whenever Keith or anyone speaks. And I want to scream, his name is Keith Mother Effing Morrison. You know his name. What are you watching it on? DirecTV. Through Peacock? No, just DirecTV. I'm mad. You know his name. I don't like this. Okay. Yeah. So Brian, he comes to realize and he says to Keith, I think she could kill someone in front of a police officer and make them believe she didn't do it. And Keith says, you might want to remember that, which is mark off on your bingo cards when Dateline host gives you instructions. Yeah. Uh, Hold on a second. He was helping her with the U-Hauls when she was clearing out the grandma's house? Yeah. And he lived right like nearby. So she just came into his bed. What she story says, was she he, telling him about Cody? He says, Cody? I don't think she left my bed to go burn a house down, but maybe, like, he doesn't know. He was sleeping. This they is... just hooked up at the grandma's funeral, so this is, like, very new. It's only where, been a sorry, where is Donahue? Where is right, Chris? He didn't go, maybe, to the funeral. Maybe he was away. Was he in the army, too? Yeah. So they were all in the army, so maybe he was in the army as well. So 
Okay, so maybe he was on assignment. Brian says she would suddenly flip and she wasn't that nice Sarah from the beginning. She was evil Sarah. And he actually calls her the devil's daughter. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they both file restraining orders against each other. And one day in court, she gives him an envelope that smells like urine. Barf. Barf. Throw it in the trash. If you open an envelope and it smells like urine, throw it in the trash. (laughs) But no, it's a pregnancy test and it's positive. Of course. Keith says, oh my. Brian doesn't believe her. So he says, come over to my house. And he brings his sister for support, but I feel like also like a witness. You just need like another person there when Sarah's around. This is a very smart move that he does right now to bring, absolutely bring the sister, have her video it. Yes. Like all of this needs to be documented. If you have restraining orders against each other, yeah, you better document this. And so he asks her to take another test in front of him and she won't do it. Of course not. They argue. Finally, she's going to leave, but asks to use the bathroom first. And I screamed, no, Brian. No. No. What did you think she was going to do? I thought she was going to steal. I don't know what I thought she was going to do. I thought upper decker in the toilet, which doesn't seem like her style at all. I thought. Oh, I thought much more sinister than that. No. I thought. um, I thought that she might self-harm in the bathroom and then somehow make it look like he did it to her. I thought it was going to be like we got in a physical alter, like hurt herself, punch herself in the face and be like, he hit me, have him arrested. I thought that's what was about to happen here is that he was going to prison. I thought she was going to plant something like a bomb or something. I thought it was going to be gone, girl. Yeah. So she's in the bathroom for a while. Brian and his sister look at each other like, wow. And I think they're thinking she has some IBS issues going on. And so it's very funny because Brian looks at Keith and says, my sister and I looked at each other like, wow. And Keith looks at Brian and says, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're both talking without saying anything, but they're communicating. I really think they like each other. I think they're I think so best too. friends. Yeah. So finally she leaves the bathroom. Brian does not the reasonable thing. He goes to a bar. Check the bathroom. She was in there for a long time. Check it. With what? I just make sure there's nothing planted, a bomb, something. I don't think you'd Upper be able decker. to see it. I think she's being very clever. Sneaky. I think you do a general sweep of the bathroom. A sweep, yeah. I don't know how or- detail-oriented Brian is. I don't think he's also imagining that she's going to go to an extreme length. He got he's a wrong. restraining order against her at one point. I don't, sometimes... I don't know. So half an hour he's at the bar. He gets a call from the police saying your house is on fire. So this is, I have thrice warned you that Sarah likes to light people's houses on fire. Sorry, that was Schitt's Creek, remember? Yes, Um, that's right. Sorry. So Keith says to Brian, do you believe she started the fire? And Brian, who is very smart now, says, you'll never hear me say that. And Keith laughs because they're best friends. And you know what I thought was about to happen? That he was about to sing my title, which is, but you will hear me sing it, Keith. (laughs) Sarah started the fire. I was like, do it. Do it, It was going to be one of my titles. It It was going to be, Sarah started the fire, set to the tune of, 
Ryan started the fire from the office set to the tune of we didn't start the fire. 100%. Yeah. Was that your title? Because that was also my that title. That was one of going to be one of my titles. Yes. There we go. So yeah. I mean, but I thought that Brian was about to do it. I was like, you I, won't hear you'll me never say hear it, me Keith. say that, Keith, but, but you, you will hear me sing it. Sing it. <laughs> How brilliant would that have been? I hope he doesn't. Brian, if you by any chance listen to this and are kicking yourself now. <laughs> we did maybe, it for you. Like we thought of we it, did for, it you. for you. And maybe yeah. we can have them edit it in. But yeah. I think they have to pay. When also, they would have had to cut it because yeah. it would have they would have had to get the rights. But yeah. Billy Joel may have given them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how cool <laughs> Billy Joel is about stuff like that. I think he's cool. That Maybe he's a true crime fan. So Keith says, do you think there's a possibility and Brian says, yes, but you will never hear me say it because he is scared of her, which he should be. Mm-hmm. So Sarah texts Dateline in their long, long thread that she didn't do it. And But the I house just, doesn't burn down, right? House doesn't uh, burn the down. The house is on fire, but does not completely burn down, I don't okay. think. It's not, not like as the badly Cody house. as Cody's okay. house. Yeah. So what did she leave Brian with? Not a child. Keith says. So apparently she was not pregnant, that whole that thing. She just peed on a stick. I don't know where she got that pregnancy test that was there's the internet. Oh, you could just buy a positive pregnancy test on the internet. You can get pee and wipe it around it. And then what you do is you do the little I believe that the pregnancy is two lines. So you get a lavender Sharpie and go in there and fake the line. Katie. Sorry, uh, this is not any way Don't give condoning this or giving anyone an idea. They're not listening to our podcast if somebody's actually thought about doing this. Yeah. No. Like that one victim on Dateline who did do that, except she stole somebody's sonogram <laughs> to get to show to her boyfriend. That's she, wild. If bad don't decisions fake pregnancies. were Just don't do dollars, it. she'd be a Rockefeller. Don't fake that it. Don't her. fake it on April Fool's. Don't yep. fake it. People get upset. It's never going to go well. So Brian believes that he has dodged a bullet, probably figuratively, probably literally. All of it. Here we go. Enter David Bragg. Okay, this is another affair. Teddy bear type guy, Air Force veteran, oldest of eight siblings, five were adopted. We hear very cute stories about how he carries around his little adopted son siblings as if they're his own and try to get attention from the girls in the park. Everyone just loves him. Teddy bear. Like I said, he's married with kids. When he meets Sarah, he worked in construction on the road. He was working at Fort hood. They started cheating together. They hid it from Chris, but then Chris got stationed in Korea. And the day that he leaves, David starts moving into the house. Sarah tells Ashley, her daughter, that David is sleeping in the guest room. Sorry, did David also know that she was married? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But she might have told him that, I don't know, if she was divorcing him. Who knows what she told him? So, Mm -hmm. and he is also in a relationship. But Sarah's persuasive. So one day, Ashley doesn't believe her mom that Dave is just staying in the guest room. She sneaks into the guest room to check because she's a very smart kid. She sees there there's a lumps under the covers. It looks like someone's sleeping there. She maybe saw Saved by the Bell and thinks somebody's pulling a Zach Morris. She pulls down the comforters and there's pillows under the sheets to make it look like... Who, is an, who as an adult non-teenager pulls that prank to hide an affair from their own children. This is insane. 
That's what Brenda did on 90210. Does he have any children of his own? I don't believe so, no. Someone who maybe doesn't have any children of their own and has seen Ferris Bueller. Yeah. And it's like, this is going to work well, on no, a child for sure. Well, no, if it was Ferris Bueller, sure. he'd have like a dummy with like arms that would raise up and a boom box that has his voice. So maybe that snoring. was the, the original plan, but he realized yeah. that the animatronics of that were a little, <laughs> that was a lot of work. So yeah. he was like, well, she's just a teenager. She's yeah, not going to figure this out. But Ashley's a smart lady. Very smart. So Chris, the husband in Korea, finds out through the army grapevine that she's cheating. And he had always known that she was probably cheating. But when he hears there's a guy like living in his house with, with his children, kids. Yeah. He says this is too much. He gets his he gets approval from his boss at army and says like I need to go to shore leave because my wife is cheating on me again. And the boss in army says, sure, go for it. I so he flies it. home from Korea. And, and Ashley's helping to coordinate this, by the way. Daughter Ashley is helping him. She like does arranges the whole thing so that he can essentially walk in on them cheating. And good for Ashley. Also so sad for her. She's had to grow up way too fast, but good for her. Yeah. So Chris walks in on them. The marriage is done. Sarah goes all in with David. But not for long. She'll be back on Chris. Don't worry. Wait so, a minute. So he walks in. I'm getting these in my notes. This is divorce time. Yes. No, but not yet. Almost. Not yet. Okay. But, so like, this, this is starts the process. Caught in the act. Yeah. Boom, boom. Maybe draw a figure of a bed or something. Okay. So she wants to meet David's very religious parents. and Who are Carl and Laura. And then we get our... We do have our real serious precious moment from Carl. Yeah. Later. Very sad. So she goes to meet these deeply religious parents and tricks them like she's tricked everyone so far into thinking she is this great lady, pious. She's a great mom. She tells them all these lies about how many times she's been married because this is no marriage number four. four. But she pretends she's only been married once before. She plays the victim. It's She's great at it. So David goes to a job site in Garfield, Minnesota, and Sarah is supposed to join him there. It's going to be happily ever after. Keith says the only problem with happily ever after is it tends to be the providence of fairy tales. And then he says, and the story David Bragg was living in was going to be Brothers Grimm. There we go. Yeah, I love it. Sadly for David, crazy was just around the corner. Keith's just hitting us. One, two punch. More and more. Better lines. Sarah so, moves to Minnesota. Sorry, David and Sarah are both in Minnesota with the kids? With the kids. Okay. She is, well, with at least the two youngest kids. Okay. She moves there and she plans to make David her fourth husband. She is going to be married for the fourth time now. And he has already been married several times. So this will be his third wife when they get married. They are engaged. They okay. are engaged. His brothers finally meet her over FaceTime and thought she seemed nice. They kind of fall for it, too. But she is still married to Chris, technically, at this time. They find a big house to fix up in Minnesota. They rent, and they have, they're renting to buy. And they have this landlord who thought they seemed very much in love. But as time passes, maybe she has seasonal affective disorder in Minnesota, but she gets very cranky. And he saw her snap on multiple occasions, and she just seems pissed at david about everything they have no honeymoon phase this is why you 
don't do a fixer upper, which they call it that from the beginning. They get like a converted barn or whatever. You are just setting yourself up for fighting. Did no one see the money pit? I saw it probably 27 times. I'm not joking. It was one of my very favorite movies growing up. You don't do this. This is a relationship, a potential relationship killer. Yeah. Also, Tom Hanks, so cute in that movie. So, Tom Hanks, so cute in all those, or The Burbs, all those. I know. Did you watch The Burbs yet? No, it's on my list. Don't worry. I am going to watch it. So David wasn't fixing up the house fast enough for Sarah's liking. He wasn't doing it in the right order. And right. I have some experience with this. And it <laughs> does, like, because two, look, it's two people. You have two different priorities, right? Yeah. So That's she it. wanted the kitchen fixed up. Of but course. she goes away back to Texas on a trip. When she For comes back, weeks. she expects it to be done. Uh-huh. Instead, he had paid someone to make a path into the woods. He yeah, thought it would be fun for the kids. That's bad. That's she not going to go well. She is furious yeah, that no. he wasn't working on the kitchen. Yeah. You know when you're doing construction in your house and you have no kitchen, so you have to wash dishes in the bathtub, and your contractor is your husband, so the project is going to take 12 years. Oh, my God. Make your life easier with HelloFresh, kitchen or no kitchen. True. You could do HelloFresh prep on a path into the woods. I think the best marriage counselor is HelloFresh. I think you could save so many of these problems. (laughs) HelloFresh to save your marriage. Yes. HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime by delivering pre-portioned, ripe, and seasonal ingredients and easy-to-make recipes right to your door. HelloFresh has been sponsoring this podcast for many years now, and I think when they started, they just did dinner, which was amazing because they did the best dinners so, so good. But they have expanded, and as our podcast has grown, they have expanded. They do desserts, lunches, snacks, pantry necessities. If you're throwing a party, HelloFresh can do it. They just keep getting better. They've always been good on saving your time at the grocery store because they send you everything you need, cutting down on food waste because they send you the exact amount you need, and saving you money because they're cheaper than takeout and grocery store shopping. But they're expanding. I didn't even think it was possible, but the different varieties of foods, different ethnicities of foods, cultural experiences of foods. This May, they're celebrating Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, which is so cool. They have limited time, authentic recipes created in partnership with Chef Serbe Sani of New York City's Tag Mo Restaurant. Wow. And can you imagine inviting your date over and presenting like an authentic Asian Pacific Islander restaurant quality dish being like, yeah, I just threw this together. Is it how Sarah is landing on these men with her culinary skills? Is it HelloFresh? Is she have HelloFresh? I think the way to your partner's heart is through HelloFresh. I've gotten my brother and sister-in-law on the HelloFresh train. They usually do the fit and wholesome meals because they are fit and wholesome. I do the veggie meals. And I really appreciate that HelloFresh realizes that people who are vegetarian don't just want to eat pasta with ragu sauce every night. They have, you know, risotto and tacos and curry. They ju- they know we, we have want a variety as well. Yes. So appreciate that. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline16 and use code Dateline16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Wow. 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 Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline16 and use code Dateline16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Ring, ring. Hello. 
HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Thank you, HelloFresh. We love you, HelloFresh. Thank you. And while you're trying HelloFresh this spring for the first time, why not put some spring in your step mm-hmm. after a meal with Rothy's? America and Katie and Katie's mom's number one shoe. <laughs> and mine I now. I said it. And Kimberly's now. And some of our listeners who have written us showing us pictures of their new Rothy's. I mean, once you Rothy, you can't stop me. That's how this works. <laughs> Rothy's are sustainably made flats and bags. Maybe you're looking to play with color this spring. I know I am. And so Rothy has been releasing new bright shoes bright bags all throughout the season to freshen up your wardrobe. Mm. Stunning, cheerful shades. Lemoncello floral. Oh, which I, I don't believe, know what that is, but I, I love that. I, I think it's brand new because I basically check the site and check it often because they're, <laughs> all, they're pumping up new colors all the time. But they've got coral, periwinkle, or you can truly be bold with the dragon fruit, which is that Bright, bright fuchsia, which I'm telling you, if you've got a majority black wardrobe, popping on something like that Mm -hmm. just takes it to the stratosphere. I love it. That could be your signature shoe. It could be. And it's also a conversation starter. I love it. And with Rothy's, looking good is only half the fun. This kind of effortlessly chic style does not sacrifice on comfort. My mom is a substitute teacher, and for working days, she is never not in a pair of her Rothy's. Mm-hmm. And usually it's the flat, by the way. But on the they're weekends, so comfy. they're so comfy. And on the weekends, she still wants that same comfort as her work week. But while she's bebopping around town, she also really wants to be stylish. Rothy's work there too, because Rothy's is where comfort and style meet. They're washable as well. All you need to do is pop out the insoles, pop them in the washer, let them air dry, and they're good as new again. They look brand new after a wash. I'm always shocked, which means they last forever, maybe. I feel like maybe they last forever. They Mm -hmm. are amazing quality. And look, 45,000 five-star reviews and counting cannot be wrong. And everything at Rothy's is sustainably made. They have signature threads spun from single-use plastic bottles. Over 158 million plastic bottles have been used to make these shoes. Oh, I love that. So while you're browsing the site, it's really hard because you're going to want all of it. But don't skip the slip-on sneaker. The slip-on sneaker won Best Slip-on Sneaker from Self Magazine's 2022 Sneaker Awards for a reason. What are you waiting for? For stylish and comfortable shoes, shop Rothy's today. You can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com forward slash date. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash date. $20 off. For Mother's Day. For Mother's Day. For me day. For you day. (laughs) For any day of the week. It's got to be Rothy's. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Rothy's. So this landlord has some great stories to tell. And also, I'm glad he's alive and made it onto Dateline. I'm not putting him on. Is that okay? I think it's okay. If we're mostly just sticking to family, which is big enough, that's okay. But just know when you see this chart, there are at least 10 to 15 people that we have left off. I am going to have a key on the side with names with a (laughs) line. Yeah. Jeff Wood, I'm sorry. We like you, but we just, there's too many. Yeah. 
So he said, in his opinion, David was just trying so hard to make Sarah happy, but nothing was ever good enough. And his family, David's family, said he just didn't want another failed relationship. So he's trying to make it work. But at the same time, he comes to a point where he's like, I can't do it anymore. So he tells the family, I don't have a good feeling about this relationship. I feel like I've made a mistake. And it's very eerie. And they just feel like, getting goosebumps thinking about it Uh. shortly after in 20 this is 2018 there's squad cars at the house there's been a shooting david is dead sarah admits to it she says they were fighting and he pulled a gun on her and she tells dateline in many texts that he was going to kill her and it was self-defense and she tells Ryan, her son, the same story, saying, David fired at me. I knelt down on the stairs and I reached my arm up over the railing, which is like a mo- like in a movie where you're like being cornered and you reach your hand up and just shoot blindly into the space and somehow shoot him in the heart. So, so someone who's been through years in the military with all kinds of training is just wildly shooting into the house, knowing that bullets ricochet. Where are the children? Right. Where are the children? I mean, it's been... But it's somehow not. managed to hit him dead center when she can't see where he is. I thought that was interesting. Ryan, what is Ryan's? He says center mass center is mass. what he says. So clearly, and without a lot of blood, Keith said, right? So right. she hit him in just the right spot. to. She shot to kill, Yes, basically. So Ryan thinks there's no way this happened. And she tells the same story to the landlord, and the landlord says, it sounds like a bad action movie. I don't know how she possibly did that shooting, and she was taking fire, and she was, like, I know she, he doesn't buy it either. No. Also, in her version of the story with him, she was shooting kind of between the railings, and to Ryan, it was over the railings. So mm. poor Ryan had to grab a bucket and clean up the mess of his... soon to be new stepfather this is so her children scarred for life they seem to be doing so well considering ryan i'm sorry i know ryan's adorable it's it's the uh, he really is beautiful children yeah and he's got some great style too yeah so there was an investigation and the prosecutors say there's some ballistic evidence to suggest that it really was self-defense we don't know what that is So they are not going to press charges against her. And this is when David's poor parents, the Braggs, break down. The dad just is crying and the mom tells him, just breathe. I could, I did not get through this. Yeah. This one got me. Yeah. It was the tears were coming. Because Carl is just this very large man who is just so overcome with emotion. And Laura's just hand on his arm, just saying, just breathe. Yeah. And he's trying to get the words out. And Keith, I think this might be the first time I've ever seen him do this. And it's just like this moment. And Keith looks at him and he says, I'm sorry, Carl. And it was just such a beautiful moment. Yeah. I don't know. It's why Dateline is a great show, I feel like. Because Mm -hmm. you felt like... Keith had so much empathy for this man and just, you know, it's okay. You know, it's not okay, but I'm sorry this happened to your family. It was very sweet. Anyways, precious moment, like maybe of all time. It was a lot. Yeah. And we've had a lot. Mm -hmm. So the daughter, Sarah's daughter, Ashley, says Chris, had her dad, Chris, had filed for divorce. 
and there we go. Now it's okay. Now we're here around this time. And Sarah was really upset because she doesn't like when even her exes start dating other people. So she called Ashley and said she was going to break things off with David because she wanted to get back with Chris. And Ashley's like, he does not want you. And she thinks she was kind of trying to keep both of them and have In her play. cake and eat it too. Yeah, absolutely. And Keith says it's complicated. And Ashley says, yeah, she and complicated go together very well. It seems so, like she's unable to be alone completely. Yeah, absolutely. She cannot. She has no, to go she, one into the next. No, that's why the men next. always overlap, because there can be no time where she's alone. No not alone even a day. Time. No. So Ashley isn't sure if she actually sent a text to David breaking off the engagement, even though that's what Sarah said she was going to do. But she also, Sarah, went back to Minnesota to be with David. And this is right before the shooting. She had told Ashley when she was leaving... If anything happens and I have to defend myself, call so-and-so and and have them pick up the girls. And Ashley's like, Mom, what are you talking about? Nothing's going to happen. And Sarah says, well, if it does. And this is a couple days before the shooting. So she's already laying the groundwork for a self-defense. 100%. Or just to make sure that the girls have coverage, probably so that if I'm guessing, it's that Chris Donahue's family doesn't sweep in. Or Chris himself. Yeah, that's fair. But she doesn't think she's going to get arrested. That's why she's laying the groundwork for the self-defense. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. So Ashley thinks she was maybe now thinking if she got rid of David, then Chris would want her back because she wanted at least one of them. And she was sick of David. So she keeps living. Chris doesn't want her back, by the way. Is Chris divorced her by this time? Chris has now divorced her and is dating this other woman who we'll get to. So, but meanwhile, Ashley is living, sorry, Sarah is living in the house where she shot David and she made herself at home in more ways than one. And the landlord who has been watching this all is getting the best gossip because he's, he's with her one day and the propane man comes in and just hangs out. And she, he thought she was, he was there to do the propane, but he was doing more than the propane. So she is now dating Checking the propane more than the man. gas meter. Yeah. Ah. I can't think of anyone. He's filling her lines. There, there we go. I don't know enough propane lingo. I'm shocked that you don't know more propane lingo. <laughs> How has this happened? What's I know. going on? I, it's really sad. So... Propane I and know propane. He's checking her propane and propane accessories. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's sure. all I can think of. Yeah, there we go. So the landlord finds out she's now dating the propane man. His name is David George. So this got a little confusing because it's another David, one right after the other. So she G- marries David George, who is number four husband, because she never actually married David Bragg. They were just engaged. And so she marries David George, number four. And and they keep referring to him as George. Yes, it does make it a lot easier. Okay. Ryan, her son, really liked George and said he seemed like a great guy. And his only flaw was standing by Sarah through everything that was about to happen. I'm so glad that Ryan had David George and <laughs> seems to still have David George. Yes. Yes. So Chris, ex-Chris, has now married a woman named Heather. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Don't ever babysit together <laughs> at a house at night. Yeah. So Chris and Sarah have joint custody of the two youngest daughters, but Sarah isn't letting him see them. 
So one day, one of the girls, Hannah, who's 16, texts her older sister, Ashley, and says, I need to talk to you. And then she says, but I can't tell you what I need to tell you. George told me not to. And Ashley said, listen, if it has to do with dad and Heather's safety, because she knows her mom, she Uh says, I need to know. I know you don't know Heather, but she is a nice person. So and dad's really happy. So tell me. So Hannah whispers the secret to Ashley. George, new husband, George, had told Hannah, his new stepdaughter, that he wouldn't that hit Sarah, the mom, wouldn't let him back in the house and wouldn't get back together with him because they were in a fight until George shot Chris's new wife, Heather, for her. And Hannah knew all the specifics about the plan, about the gun. And Sarah was yelling at George, you have to do this. This is the only way we can make it work. And George didn't want to, but Sarah kept pressuring him. So Ashley at this point remembers how her mom, Sarah, had always said, where there's a will, where there's a way. And so she was going to get this done. So she contacts her dad immediately and tells him. And he's very worried. He and Heather live in Arizona. And so Mm -hmm. he feels like there's enough space but th- it's not enough. There's it's no It's not space. enough. There, you could go to another country and she will find a way. You need to be in an unlisted location. You yes, need to be in Witsec. Witsec. So Chris goes into action to protect Heather and also get those younger daughters away from Sarah. Because now one of them is involved in a hit plot. So this is not a good environment for them. And da- then he learns David had already tried once to do this plan. There's this ring cam footage at Chris's house and there's a delivery of flowers and the flower delivery guy is completely covered with a mask and a hat. And he gives Chris flowers because Chris answers the door. Heather's not there. And then he walks off really quick and Chris says, wait, isn't there a note? And the delivery guy's like, I will check my car. And then he never comes back. He just drives away. And Later, David calls Chris and confesses and says, that was me at your house. I was going to kill Heather. Sarah really wants me to. She gave me a gun, but I don't want to do it. She won't let me back in the house then. I don't know what to do. I'm really torn. He's telling Chris this. Can we just go back for a moment? Yeah. Why is Chris opening the door to a flower delivery person with a balaclava? (laughs) I mean, this is pre-pandemic right so it does maybe with this was during the pandemic so maybe that makes a little more sense i gotta remember my times i know the last time oh, i checked it was in 2019 dates, we were at 2018 we're at 2018 maybe we're in 2020 we might be in 2020 at this point let's so, hope so because otherwise don't answer the door don't answer the door to a man with a balaclava no <laughs> holding a random yeah. vase of flowers yeah it wasn't no even like card. how a flower delivery arrives there's no box. It's just, an, no. <laughs> just Here's here a, you go. Well, it very much didn't feel like from a big shop like 1-800-Flowers. It felt more like a local small shop that uses like private delivery guys. They just have Uber. I think they just have an Uber driver or Uber Eats yes. or da- DoorDash guy deliver. But you still don't have them in a balaclava. <laughs> okay, cool. Maybe the flower delivery guy is very allergic as I am to flowers and his allergies would act up. And so he, that's why he wears the balaclava. You're still not opening the door. I need you to under, <laughs> I need leave, you to leave con- the flowers. Can you confirm to me that you were not going to be opening the door to anybody wearing a balaclava? I confirm. Yeah. Thank you. That's fine. Good goodness. So Chris files for sole custody and a restraining order. 
I don't know if that's going to stop her, but at least you're doing something. The judge gives him custody of both the daughters. There and we this go. sends Sarah over the edge, which I made me laugh so hard because was everything up to this with her below the edge? Was she fine before this? And this is the over the... T- Are you serious? She's been... Okay. Wow. So further over the edge, let's say. Sarah is now without David and she has not won back Chris, but she wasn't She's single without for David long. George. She was Sorry, both George. Davids. David yeah. George. Mm-hmm. She was no longer with George. She is not one back Chris, but she's not single for long. She wasn't a nun after all, Keith says. Wow. That's saying it nicely. Mm-hmm. She was dating men on Christian Mingle no. websites because I'm putting it on the board. She's now a good Christian girl. So. David, that makes me so nervous for people using Christian Mingle. I know. I'm nervous for anyone using these websites. How many murders have happened with Christian Mingle? It's honestly why you do need to use a service site. I'm not just hyping it because, but these more intense matchmaking services are worth it. Mm -hmm. And just anybody could be on these sites. If people like Sarah can be, then anybody can be. Yes. Mm -hmm. So David. George, a.k.a. George, didn't want to talk on Dateline, which is fine because I'm just so happy he's alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he maybe was thinking about doing a hit, but he really never wanted to do it. And I'm just glad he's alive. So Sarah texts Dateline. None of this is true. She never gave him a gun, never asked him to do any of this. Hmm. David George doesn't talk to Sarah anymore. But in another precious moment, he tells, still talks to her son, Ryan, which is so sweet because they had really formed a bond. Don't you think that's sweet? Yeah. I just wish that George had been able to stand up to her. Like, clearly right. he wasn't and up ac- for this. We should say, according to George, he claims when he went there with those flowers, he'd never, he didn't have the gun on him. He never really seriously wanted to do it or considered it. He was maybe, I do kind of believe it. He was just hoping she would change her mind. We've it seen that like before. It feels like he's brainwashed. It, it feels it like does. that he went and was like, maybe this was the wake up, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we learn there might be another victim. Get your pen out. Four months before he moved in with Sarah, George was with someone else, Rebecca Kunze. And they were together for 25 years. When she suddenly died and their house burned down. What's her first name? Rebecca. Rebecca. Is this the fourth house? And the third person? I can't keep track of all the people. 25 years they were together? Together. He meets Sarah, starts hooking up with Sarah, and his partner of 25 years dies. And a few weeks later, their house burns down. Keith asks... How does she die? Exactly. Keith asks... Coincidence? Uh, you know what I think, Keith. Now, I mean, I don't believe in coincidences. It's a even horse, after Mank yelled at me. It's not a zebra. It's not. <laughs> House of fire again. Again. Rebecca's brother thinks that Sarah was involved after he finds out about this woman. Dateline asks the sheriff's office in that area about this, and they said that new evidence has come up and they are reinvestigating Rebecca's death and the house fire which means we could totally get a second episode about this. Mm-hmm. Now, but 
George, who's still kind of in love with Sarah, even though she wanted him to do this hit, he says that he and Sarah were out of state at the time of the murder and that Rebecca died of natural causes, like a heart issue. So he doesn't believe Sarah had anything to do with Rebecca's death, even after he wanted her to kill someone for like you were she wanted you to do a hit. You know she's George. capable of murder because she gave you a gun and asked you to do it. George. George. I'm, okay. George. George Glass. Also, was the state they were in Arizona? It's very Staking confusing. I'm Chris still like and- in Minnesota in my mind. No, Arizona's where Chris was. No, but they, he said they were out of state. He did. Were they actually Maybe they were in doing Arizona? A, no, this was before the flower delivery. So Casing the joint? I don't, I don't know okay. where they were. Where but, are they now? Where are David and... They're in Texas? Yes. Okay. So, well, in 2021, which is... I don't know. I don't mean to keep saying it like that. 2021, Sarah has moved to Texas. So, Keith gives us a sort of this is your life recap of Sarah's, you know, many journeys around the sun. In case mm-hmm. you weren't keeping a chart like we were. Sarah had left the army, dumped her husband, killed her fiance, was involved in a plot to kill the new wife of her ex-husband, and lost custody of her kids. I love that Dateline is completely over the fact that she almost killed a little boy in fire, maybe allegedly almost maybe killed her dad, and all these other things. It's we just like, don't have gotta time. gotta just focus on yeah, the Yeah, we, we don't have time. Yeah, we don't have time. And maybe killed this other woman, too. Rebecca. I don't know if they're going to make the list. (laughs) Rebecca needs to make the list. Yeah. Rebecca's going to have to be... This is going to be a complicated flowchart. And I'm going to need everyone to be... This is the Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell flowchart. I need kindness, patience, and compliments. (laughs) Yeah. So she is still friends with this woman, Evangeline, who you might not remember, but she is a nurse and she has been friends with Sarah for a long time and they have stayed in touch. And she said it seemed like Sarah was the unluckiest woman in the world and that she was always in some sort of emotional turmoil. That's now a red flag, by the way. If somebody's the unluckiest person, we've seen this before. If somebody's just the unluckiest person, if it seems like nothing good ever happens, that's bad that person's doing something unless red that person literally is roundup it is it's bad and also red flag roundup i'm sorry evangeline you seem very nice cut this woman out of your life if every time Toxic. she's calling you and telling you about someone new that has betrayed her that she has to get even with or that she's the victim of something else no that Unless you, Run. your life is kind of boring and you enjoy the drama, which I can totally understand watching the drama from afar. That could be interesting. But like, I feel like Sarah never once asked Evangeline how she was doing. Yes. She called and just launches into, you'll never believe what someone did to me at the grocery store. I think that then if Evangeline later was like, you know, when my husband died a few years ago and Sarah would be like, your husband died? Like, it would be that. Where it was just never brought, never like even, yeah, no, because she never asked. Yeah, yeah. you never, Mm-mm. you never asked. Yeah, Mm-mm. and then like she'll be like that person who cut in front of me at the line at the grocery store. Their house burned down mysteriously. Isn't that weird? <laughs> their garage caught on fire. It's so strange. So, but eventually, might be scared to not be friends with Sarah because her house will catch on fire. Might, so, maybe she might not have fire insurance. It's something you don't think about until it's too late. <laughs> Seriously. 
So Sarah hasn't given up on love despite four failed marriages and one dead fiance. She is on the dating sites. She finds Joe, the guy from the beginning. Okay, who was Joe. In the diabetic coma. Within weeks, they are married. What I is had Joe's many last name? questions. Hartfield. And does she wear the same dress each time or is she getting a different dress? What do you think? Different dress. She's it's an splurging. excuse to go dress. I'm sure her, I'm sure Ashley has some stories to tell about how her mom made her go with her. Yes. Or Evangeline's probably been twice. And then and does Ashley have to be a bridesmaid each time? Probably. Yeah, I would say. And Ashley Ryan's is the be movie it. 27 dresses, but it's all for her mom's weddings. And I'm wondering if Ryan has to DJ every wedding. Oh, God. And is like now doing yeah. that part time because he got so good at it. Mm-hmm. At his mom's. <laughs> Just um, from being there. Yeah, at the weddings. Yeah. I will say, I this is the only compliment I'm going to give Sarah ever in life is that I did notice that she had on blue earrings, like blue jewelry. And I thought that was an interesting way to do something blue. That's the end. Okay. <laughs> it's an interesting fair. way to do it. Yeah, that's fair. So she is in Texas. She's dating Joe, but quickly she is done with Joe in only a few months, sometime between 21 and 22. So this is very recent. Their house was a mess and she was sick of it. And she complained to Evangeline all the time. Evangeline, stop being friends with this woman, please, for your own mental health. She was telling Joe he needs to shape up or ship out and you get your act together. She texts another friend. Joe has turned into a nightmare. I can't take this level of financial irresponsibility. He's just looking for a meal ticket. I have to save myself. I have a plan. It's now a matter of implementing, executing. That sounds very damning. Yeah, it does. And so mm -mm. apparently Joe was messy and didn't have a job. So she was sick of it. Or he didn't have a high enough paying job. Yeah. Well, no, later we find out he did go on a job interview. So I think he might have been jobless at the time. So Ashley said this is all her mother talked about. She even unwrapped the Christmas gifts she had wrapped for Joe. Like, I'm not giving these to him anymore. I'm returning them. It's like so petty. Wow. And also, maybe you shouldn't get married after a few weeks to someone. Because they'd literally known each other for like three weeks. Yeah. Get married. Yeah. Also, you've been married five times. Maybe you're the problem. So Joe had told his family that he was done. So they're both done. Joe tells his family he wants a divorce. But he also says, I'm concerned about my safety. And I think she might kill me. What do we say about that? Get out of the house. Mm -hmm. Get out. Two days later, he's in the hospital. And she says on Facebook that he gave himself a stroke from eating too much junk food. And Evangeline is reading these posts in a, she's a nurse. And she says, it felt very much like patient shaming. I didn't like it. And then she starts to think, why has she been so curious about his diabetes and asking me for all this advice as a nurse about his diabetes? What if she did something to him and used my advice to harm him? Mm-hmm. I did pause on one of the Facebook messages and this that we saw at the very beginning. And right away, to me, it reads red flag. So the doctor says the doctor says there is brain damage. My heart feels like it's been through a pulverizer. He went into a diabetic coma a few days ago. The guilt is swallowing me whole. I was sleeping a ton because I've been recovering from two surgeries in two weeks. 
and God love him, Joe is Joe and simply not a caretaker. So I was taking care of myself. Oh, my God. Leaving him to fend for himself, which isn't the norm at our house at all. He works alternating shifts. Oh, so he did have some job. He works alternating shifts. The nights are the hardest. Maybe more for me than him because I miss him the most. Okay. She's the victim. Did you know? Did you know this? That how many times she said I, me? It's I miss him the most at night, so the night shifts are hardest on me. He had a job interview. He got home and I made him food. You know, even though she's in pain from all these surgeries, like she got up to make him food. And normally she's his snoring is something that he does as a way of getting the whole bed to himself. Like she hates him in these posts. But I was passed out on pain medicine. I knew he was getting up to go to the bathroom, so I was checking on him. But I wasn't checking him as much as usual because of the pain meds. And I just feel so guilty about it. And, you know, his monitor was going off and we didn't hear it and all this stuff. Anyways, it's all about her. And I think you'd hear it. One of you would hear it. It does seem like, well, the glucose Evangeline monitor. had said, keep the, your volume on your phones active because she had set it up for them so it would go through their phones. But somehow they both slept through it. I so, would be very surprised to see if Joe's phone isn't recovered and the volume is completely down. Yeah. The internal volume. Yeah. So now the DA needs evidence to arrest Sarah. She thinks she should have been arrested for previous things like David Bragg shooting and maybe other things. So mm-hmm. it seems like Sarah was planning to move again. So the DA is worried she's going to get away. And so she breaks the glass, Keith says, which I loved that. It, and it was like, in case of emergency, break, break the glass. The glass. Scenario. Yeah. And so she calls an emergency session of the county grand jury. They are able to indict and arrest Sarah for the murder of Joe. And she's put in jail. She calls her daughter from jail. Her daughter, Ashley's getting her hair done. And it's from the jail. And she's like, what did you do? And it's almost not like, oh, my God, what did you do? It's like, which one of the things are you in jail for? Yeah, why are you currently? And then she says murder. And she's like, well, I'm on, you're on speakerphone and my hairstylist is hearing all this. So at this point, she says she finally accepted that her mom really did something because why would they arrest her if they didn't have proof? And I was like, Ashley, watch Dateline. They do it all the time. But in this case, she totally done did it. So yeah. she and she's done a lot more. But Ashley has not visited her in jail, which I love for her. Good for her. She does have to testify against her mom in front of a grand jury. I can't imagine how hard that would be. Again, this is like a young woman, Ashley, has had to deal with this mom who was abusive. It's a horrible. So in Minnesota, they have reopened the David Bragg case, and they're considering pressing charges. Amazing. Wow. I want to know what they're going to do about Rebecca as well. I know they're not going to do anything about the dad that was sick. I know that's never going to happen. But Rebecca, maybe. Maybe. I would like to hear more about but so, the brag shooting for sure. Yes. And not the fires? None of the fires? Uh, still none of the... Well, no, they were looking into... Oh, wait, no, they were looking back into Rebecca and the fires. Sorry, they are looking back into Rebecca. and They've reinvestigated or reopened those cases, Rebecca and her fire. Not the fires, the many other fires. I hope they reopened Cody's fire. Cody's fire is brutal. The grandma's house, the nephew almost died. 
unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. We need that reopened. Yeah. Also, by the way, her nephew, too, if it's from her dad's side, if it's from her side of the family, we don't know whose nephew it was, if it was the wife's or yeah, his. Yeah, good point. I mean, it could she be like care, one of her other siblings' children. Yeah. She says Xander, like she knows him. Yeah. Don't know. Oh, yeah. She definitely knows him. She yeah, almost killed like, her own nephew. So Dateline visits Sarah in jail. We don't yes. see it on camera. She Brutal. says she wants to be on camera on Dateline. But then they set up an interview. And the day before, she says, I talked to my lawyer. And they say it's not a good idea. But meanwhile, her lawyer doesn't know that she's had a phone in prison <laughs> or a tablet or something. So she's been texting Dateline this whole time. Hundreds of texts. And we see the producer's phone. And we see their, like, finger go up and scrolling. scroll, scroll, scroll hundreds of messages. And it says on there that they cost 25 cents a message. And at this point, like, and this is early on, like it's, we're at like only one of the second fires at this point and it's already at like $25. So that's already a hundred texts just there. So she says she's completely innocent with the Joe thing. She never knew about his insulin issues, which is ridiculous because Evangeline ha has records of them talking about what to do with his diabetes. And she says she's mad that her two oldest children aren't supporting her after all she did for them. And if you missed our abuse section, that's rich. Mm -hmm. So she's just ridiculous. And everyone is lying. Basically, it's one of those I didn't do anything, which means everyone is lying like dozens and dozens of people. But yeah, that's what happened. Everyone is lying. They're right. all out to get me. Yeah, I'm the victim. Don't forget. So Dateline has gone to all these people that are in our lives and said, what did you think when they got when she got arrested? And the range of emotions is also, I could barely remember all these people. Mm -hmm. There were so many. I was like, which one was that? Is that the brother? Which one is that guy with the hat? It don't I couldn't remember, but I'm glad they're all here. And some say I thought she would never face consequences. So I couldn't believe she got arrested. And one says, F yeah, it was about time. And oh, that was the boyfriend. That was the one who made it out alive, but says he Brian. dodged a bullet. It was Brian. Brian. Mm -hmm. And then there's these like friends that thought she was a good Christian. And they said, I don't think it that she could have done it not the person we know and then evangeline says i thought it was a joke at first i couldn't believe it when i saw the mugshot so all these ranges of some people always knew she did stuff but just thought she'd never get caught and some people who are, think she's a good person only one person thought she was a good person but the medical examiner says that joe died from an insulin overdose not a stroke like she posted on facebook when she specifically said the doctors have discovered that it was a stroke we have a new diagnosis you know and all this stuff about a stroke and i think that there was they called it a very specific kind of stroke did you hear them they said insubus or something like that i think that might be something that happens in a coma where you have a mini where you have mini strokes this is a medical thing having to do with the condition that brought him there not that he had a stroke from right. clogged blood vessel or whatever because she was saying because he ate so much junk food because he ate so much junk we see joe yeah it was I mean, maybe he didn't have his diabetes under control, but he didn't die from that. He died from this insulin overdose, which I, I, was probably I, injected in him by someone else. I don't know. If you have a glucose monitor, yeah, you're trying to keep a, a, a handle on your diabetes. Mm -hmm. That's not someone that's not that's ignoring it. Yeah, that's so, really bizarre. Okay. 
Keith says to Ashley about the stroke versus the diabetic coma. He says, those are not the same, are they? And Ashley's like, no, they're not. And I just, my heart breaks for Ashley and Ryan. It's so rough. But they it seem really so amazing. Like huge I, fans here. I hope also that Ashley can get some sort of maybe justice when she testifies. Yeah. That she gets to tell her story and yeah. is able, being able to tell the truth in her own voice. I'm hoping yeah. that helps her. Even if it's hard, I'm hoping later it helps her, you yeah. know. Joe's mother and brother are afraid to talk about Sarah before the trial. And I was like, good. They should be. Keep it a rat until you know she's put away for a long time. Yep. They say to Keith fully, they come on Dateline, but then when he asks them about Sarah, they're like, we don't really want to talk about that. This is, and so painful for them too. His, their son was killed by his new bride. Yeah. So DA Cheryl Leak is building a murder case and she knows there's more that they don't know about. And this is where it's very cool because it's like watching an episode of America's Most Wanted or something or Unsolved Mysteries. She says... Once we announced that she was arrested, we started getting tips and messages every day. And the reason I'm here on Dateline is because I know there's more people out there. I, If you interacted with her at the grocery store, if she was your friend, if you know something bad, if you knew her at all, we want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So contact us. And the Ryan, the son, says, I think there's more stuff that's going to come to light. I think, I think there's more victims, and I think we're for sure getting another episode. Oh, 100%. This I was woman excited. is insane. And there's, n- I can't believe we've never heard of this story before. How have we not heard of this story? I know. It's crazy. People I have heard of are Kayla and Skye, our Patreons. Ulysses is looking right at you, ladies. I wish you could see it. Maybe I'll take a screen grab. Yay, smile. Okay, good. Ladies, you're getting that screen grab as a thank you. Kayla from Patreon and Sky from Supercast. I think your names sound like you're in a kind of alt-rock, like, Haim-type group. Kayla and Sky. Is it pronounced Haim? Yeah. How have you been saying it? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about Kayla and Sky. You guys rock. Yeah. There we go. Oh, and we had Skylar Rocks, the detective. And we had Skylar Ro- Oh, this, it comes full circle. Full thank circle. You, thank you so much for being patronized. You guys got a doozy of an episode. There oh, you go. Boy. Yeah. This was the episode of episodes. Woo. I feel like if Michael Scott was giving out the Dundies for Sarah, I just, oh, he'd yeah. be like, the craziest Bisque Award goes to. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to write your guys' name on the flow chart. Yes. There we go. You're you making it. it on the chart. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is a banner day. So, And Ulysses did not like that. She not oh, like that marker. She wants to sit on the, la- the marker smell. So she- B-roll Bonanza. I liked the DA leak who is walking. The, it's like they set the camera down on the ground of the courthouse. Yes. And she is walking and strutting in her heels past the camera and we see the same shot twice once at the beginning once at the end and i'm wondering if she was not happy with it because she's in open-toed shoes in the courthouse which Why? took me bad? aback i would think in the courthouse it would be closed-toed shoes only the safety not doing who like knows? heavy lifting or anything i don't know you'd be surprised i mean i've had a bunch of places that i've worked that have closed-toed shoes yeah and we're not doing anything but we have um, to do that at the theater but i don't do it the rules don't apply to me yeah, you're above that. She mm-hmm. did have a very pretty manicure, though. 
Yeah, and her hair and makeup, she's like very put together. I don't know why I was surprised to see a DA in open-toed shoes. It just I don't know why me. that it, they were still heels. They were a chunky sandal. It had a block heel. Okay. I'm just I was surprised, but I did like it because I feel like it meant like, hey, times are changing. We're relaxing. Yeah. And, that, and I'm fine with that. I want to bring up in the B-roll really quick the slow-mo shots. We had quite a few. Did you notice them? No, not at all. Oh, Angela and Titus, the okay. early so Titus and his new wife, full slow-mo walking. It was really? kind of bizarre. And then we get slow-mo of Ashley and Ryan at different points. These sort of slow movements. We Ashley is in slow-mo on the swing. How did I miss that? I don't know. It's really bizarre. I kind of feel like your thing was lagging. No, it's not. I can give you time codes. <laughs> yeah, I might need them because okay. I've never I'm seen gonna, that before on Dateline. I'm going to send you time because it, it surprised me. Do you want one right now? Here. Yes. All right. Oh, my God. You're right. I know. It's full on slow-mo. I know. There's multiple points of it. How did I miss that? There was just so much happening in this episode. There was a lot to write down. I did love all of the footage, the B-roll that we got of that white farmhouse, that barn. Mm -hmm. It was cool because it was snowing. So the white and the white with the drone shots, that was really cool. Okay, anything else? Brands, fashion police. I loved the DA. That's all I have. And anyone else, you know, I was just happy you were alive. Exactly. DA was very cool, very stylish. Yeah. I liked her a lot. Also, Ryan, shout out. He's wearing sort of a, as his coat, he's wearing this sort of wool camel colored blazer. It's really neat. Ryan's got some style going on. I wonder if he is a DJ. He might be a good DJ. We'll yeah, he's very cute. Yeah. And then did you have any outstanding titles? I'm not going to be ignored, Titus and Angela and Cody and Brian and David and Chris and Heather and Joe. There you go. I think that's the exception to me not allowed, being allowed to use that title anymore. It is. Thank you. It's totally the exception. There you go. That's it. And then Sarah started the fire is very important. I had hits and misses because of the hits she was trying to take out. And I was trying to get somewhere with Sarah Jean, not my lover. She's (laughs) a bad girl. Yeah, except except she is. And then House of Fire, Sarah's a liar. (laughs) That was it. That's all I got. Allegedly. Allegedly, Sarah's a liar. You don't want to get hit put out on us. I don't want to get a hit and I don't want to get sued. Also, I rent, and I don't think I have fire insurance, so... Kimberly gets a round of applause for this epic. Kimberly, your recap was fire. Oh! <laughs> Thank Mic you, drop. everyone. Follow us on social media. The Yellow Jackets on YouTube, A Date with K&K on YouTube. We had to take a week off because it was not on for some reason. They're keeping us waiting, but we'll be back on this Sunday. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram for really fun stuff. I, like I posted the gif of Mank getting kicked by Michelle Yeoh. amazing. If you so, haven't listened to our Mank interview, please go and do that. He shares some incredible insight mm-hmm. into Dateline and then good stories that we I posted didn't know. photos of Lester from The Fugitive, which shocked a lot of people because Mank told us that he's at the end, in the end of The Fugitive. We got all the goods. We got so many good stories. It's, I think, our best Mank episode to date. Yeah, loved so it. Uh, loved every thank part you, of it. everybody, and be your own fire starter. No, not be your own fire starter. Stay safe. Watch for red flags. Yeah, and remember: three, two, one. Sarah, Sarah started, started the, fire. the fire. Allegedly. Alleg- Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody. That's <laughs> to be allegedly.
You haven't seen any of the newer teen moms, have you? I've watched the reunions and like the OG people. With the OG people. Yeah. In the newer ones, with some of the newer girls, there is an exact situation where the girl is getting her nails done and mom is arrested for something to do with trafficking meth. Yeah, oh, that sounds right. It's yeah. on speakerphone at the nail salon. And she's like, shh, shh. Like, she, the girl's sort of panicking. She's getting her nails. She's like, whoa, oh, hold on, so hold on, hold on. Because the mom's in prison. And the aunt calls just to scream about it. It's, oh, my God. It is. I was like, I've seen this before. But that is. Can you imagine getting your hair done? And they say murder. What are you yeah. there for? Murder. <laughs> what would yeah. you do if you were the Honestly, hairstyl- Ashley if you is were so freaking strong compared to me. I would. It's amazing. But also, if I was that hairstylist, you know I'd be eavesdropping. I would say, like, I'm just going to give you a moment. But I would walk, like, one foot away and then just keep listening. But also, what if the stylist is in the middle of a cut? Right. And murder. (laughs) Chick. And then it's all jagged. That's how you end up with bangs. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, we're not wearing hosiery anymore. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad. No, actually, Oliver did ask me the other day. My legs were cold. And he's like, do you want to put on some nylons? And I was like, (laughs) absolutely not. First of all, what would make you think I just have them on me? I just have a pair, a pack of nylons. you out and about? Yeah, Yeah. I keep an extra pair in my purse. Why would I wear a pair of nylons? (laughs) 